I'd like to acknowledge that I work on mum in development on Garrigal land and that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Also, a heads up that this episode contains some swearing for any little ears that may be around. Hey there, my name is Ellie Evangelista and I'm the host and creator of Mum in Development. I'm also one of two creators of Marcus, my son. In my journey of early motherhood, I just couldn't quite fathom how I was going to keep both my creative practice and my child alive. (laughs) Both things are so important to me and incredibly personal, seemingly a part of me, and yet both seem to continuously compete for the same parts of my brain and body. I know so many and I see so many working artists and mothers around me and I just thought, stuff it. I'll ask them how they're doing it. So on here, I don't ask all the usual mum podcast questions, but I hope you join me as I ask just one. How do you keep your creative practice and your child alive? Hello and welcome to another episode of Mum in Development. I'm actually taken aback every time that I get a lovely message about this podcast. Um, I, I definitely know that I'm not the only person talking about the intersection of creativity and motherhood, but just I hope that this is another offering into the sphere of that that exists and it does make me very, what's the word? Yeah, I just feel very, I feel really honoured to be contributing to that space and I hope that this provides, you know, an accessible in the terms of like you can just pop me in your ears and do the thing, um, lighthearted, many different points of view kind of take on this thing that we are doing. I'm doing it right now. Marx is asleep in my arms. <laughs> Um, so if you've been a long time listener, dedicated fan, back in episode one, I spoke to a very near and dear friend and I gave myself notes on what that was like. And some people told me that some people have said that's one of my favorite episodes because it felt like I was just listening to two friends talk. Um, other people, i.e. James, my partner was like, oh, it was a little bit too, too matey (laughs) for me maybe I'll be more into the episodes of people that you don't know um so I've been somewhat hesitant to kind of speak to a very near dear friend of mine again but you know I'm all for making rules and breaking rules especially my own and so today's episode is with one of my absolute nearest dearest friends Jessie Vu Jessie is an architect and a mum to a young baby girl, Sen, who's a few months younger than Marcus. And, you know, we speak every day and I was a little bit apprehensive. I actually say I feel, you know, that sometimes on the podcast I'm not very personal 
but this one feels like a personal episode because, yeah, it, it is just like us chatting and we talk in a way that I feel is very honest about what becoming mothers has been to us in a different way to some of the other chats. So I've actually recorded this intro a few different times and hopefully this is the one that I settle with. But yeah, I am a little bit nervous. It feels very, I do feel very vulnerable sharing this episode, but it's only a chat I could have, I think, with one of my nearest, dearest, longtime friends. So here it is. Okay, I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> This is good. This is juicy. Keep this is good. Um, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, I actually was thinking last night about us talking <laughs> mm-hmm. and already this feels so formal because actually you and I talk like. On every, the reg. Yeah. On the regular. Every day in some way, shape or form. Yeah, we actually do. We actually do. And that's, you know. None of it is often recorded. I'm, I should be honest that Marcus is in my arms. We're going to see how this goes. Um, but also I was thinking like because you and I have known each other since we were like 15. Since we ourselves were babies. Yes, exactly. Um, our conversations as opposed to like maybe other people you meet as you get older through work or whatever, our conversations are actually very rarely about work. Actually, yeah, very re- like it wasn't just up until very recently that we, I, I, like, for instance, just before we started recording, I was like, "You have an agent?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, just and I actually we've talked about lots of other things in our life, never really about work, to the point where I think like even maybe a year ago, we were like, "So, what do you like actually do?" Actually do. <laughs> to each other and I'm like if I only because as well that you're dating someone in my industry now as well I had a baby with someone in my industry rather yes correct the podcast slightly more than dating I guess (laughs) 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 um and I was like oh my gosh that's so interesting that we actually really super rarely talk about the kind of intricacies of work and definitely talk more about like mum life I guess life stuff that yeah. probably is more um, because I don't know if you're like this, but I generally don't like talking about work outside of work if I don't have to. Yeah. I guess maybe because of like as much as I love it and like, you know, we're creatives and blah, 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 blah. I find it doesn't like essentially define who we are. Um, yeah, maybe it's because we both remind each other of like, you know, simpler times. <laughs> All the simple times. What used to be, you yeah. know? Yep. Do you want to tell everyone who you are? Okay. Um, <laughs> I've never done, like, one of these things. So my name is Bessie. Um, I am born and raised and live in Perth, Western Australia, and I work full-time, well, not anymore, I did work full-time as an architect for a beautiful um, boutique firm called State of Kin, um, and we specialise in a little bit of everything, really, but um, high-end residential, commercial, hospitality, do a little bit of everything. And 
that's kind of out my space at the moment. And then recently in October, I had a baby. So not too far a different age from at this boy, Marcus. They're what? Five. What they, four, five, five months apart. Yeah. Just over f- like four and a half if we're being quite specific, I guess. But yeah, really Yeah. Close. Super close in age. And so ironically, unplanned, me and Ellie have kind of gone through this whole transition of full-time career chicks to full-time mothering together. <laughs> and we love it every moment. <laughs> Weird, serendipitous way. <laughs> But also, I just am always so marvelled in the best way about how practical your job is. Very practical. Especially Very now, practical. Especially now that I'm learning more about architecture. <laughs> it's like practical in the most unnecessary way in like, oh, no, I shouldn't say that because I am an architect, but I just mean it in a way that like we live in such an era where like, you know, the block is a thing and DIY mm. and everybody thinks they can design and do everything. Um, so sometimes my job feels a little bit obsolete, but I know it's not. Um, but, yeah, still practical, 100%. Practical. For those that appreciate it. Practical, but also in this, like, incredible way that I guess especially the work that you do is super, I want to say, boundary-pushing. Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's really like cutting edge, I feel, kind of stuff. Um, like you're not just building, you, you are like like designing houses, like yeah. really. Yeah, we really like to get into the nitty-gritty and not just your right pump out kind of like cookie-cutter homes and things. We really like to push the boundaries, get amongst it. We never like to design the same thing twice and always looking for that next thing and then that next thing that's going to inspire you. I guess probably the same way, you know, you're not going to ever want to choreograph the same thing a hundred times. How are you finding it? What's going on? With motherhood? Yeah. Oh, well, um. Everything was going, it's, you know, ebbs and flows as always. We were doing so well, as you know, through previous stats, you know, pretty consistent. And then the last week, as we all know, things have changed. And for a baby who was just starting to tear on giving me some five-hour stretches, she's now gone back to newborn life and giving me, waking up every three hours during the night now. So every time I feel like I'm getting closer to this, feeling of I've got everything under control I think I could probably start thinking about going back to work or taking a bit more work on it all just comes unraveling at the end and now I'm just like exhausted and had to go up to mom's for a day to like reset and just get some extra help and now the idea of work just seems really overwhelming again (laughs) like this is just ongoing every couple of weeks you feel like you've got everything under control and you're ready to take on or gain back a bit more of your life and then or your past life and then everything changes and you're back at not square one but essentially yeah just clutching at straws back to the drawing board back to the drawing board yeah of like okay well my original plan wasn't quite working so now what does it look like and because the other day, 
when we chatted, as we often do, you spoke about childcare and even how that ideas changed. And we even said, oh, this would be good for the podcast. Yeah, because originally we, me and my husband, so my husband works FIFO, which is probably a really key piece of information. Definitely. So he is on a two and two roster. So my husband's an engineer and I, he was home for the first two months of Sen's life and then went back to doing a two and two roster, which has been a huge learning curve, but not impossible. And we thought, okay, well, originally when before we'd had Sen, I thought, okay, I think I can take 10 months off work. That should be acceptable because, you know, before we had the baby, I loved work and really just couldn't wait to go back to it. So we thought, okay, let's sign her up, put her on a wait list in like March and to aim to be back at work part-time in June. It's now May and they still don't have a placement for her. So I have to now kind of reevaluate work and when when I can go back and how what does that look like and it's not going to be the way I thought it was which I think now realistically given what I just said about her sleeping three hour blocks again was possibly unrealistic to begin with so it's all just a bit of a bit of a work in progress as we say Ellie every day development (laughs) yeah and like I mean, the FIFO, FIFO, FIFO situation, um, you know, sometimes I complain about doing one night by myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm like, well, that was rough. But like you look at two weeks, every two weeks, every two weeks, it is solo town. Full on solo single mum life. I actually do not know how the single mums out there do it. Honestly, mad props to them. It is a fucking grind. And that's with my husband coming home every two weeks. I actually don't. I just totally understand now. No judgment. Microwave dinners. Yeah, for sure. This is kind of a sidebar, but maybe something that I feel is nice to acknowledge that you are actually very creative as a person (laughs) that I feel like your creativity and maybe you know it's partly like work related and stuff and I remember in one of our conversations you were like oh I haven't even like flicked through a magazine or um looked at anything recently like I think Sen was quite little but you are yeah very creative like you also have plans as like a little sentimental mini gift for her first birthday. You have a Still side hustle. It. <laughs> you know, side hustle. Even last night you would send me like cardies that we should embroider. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Like you are intrinsically like really creative. Thanks, Ellie. I really appreciate it. <laughs> That's so needed that though. But it's so true. Like I think as well when I see even like the clothes you wear and your home and the things that you gravitate toward, um, you know, just centerware and things like that. It's it's just you've got such an eye for color and composition. Um, that I'm always like, oh my gosh, 
you you sometimes see the world so differently to me and I love that so much. It's <laughs> probably why. It, yeah, it's nice that we're friends like that because I feel the same way about you all the time. Oh, my God, stop it. I don't know. Yeah. And we've had very, um, and maybe this is going down the very, like I don't know if I'm ever very personal on the podcast, which it's not, I mean, it's all kind of personal but also kind of not, but like, also, you and I have had quite the opposite experience to come to motherhood as well. Um, 100%. Which is why I Like, yeah, quite literally the opposite. Um, yes, Marcus. Honey, Jesse. Um, what am I saying in that? That it is when you say, like, it's quite a quite literally a miracle that wait this has happened for us at the same time and even remotely the same time like within the same year even is huge oh my god I never really thought about it in those terms but you're right my first trimester we were both pregnant and we were at completely different spectrums I remember because I was like I was just pregnant and you were like at the end of your pregnancy, and I just remember being like, what the hell? <laughs> well, I can't believe that's coming for me. And then at the same time, when I had first had Sen, you were already, like, Marcus was three, four months. Yeah. And they just seemed, they just seemed worlds apart at that point in time. Yeah. Which and is- as the time goes on, the bridge, the gap is slowly breaking closer and closer. For sure. Like yeah, you're right. It, it's a miracle that we're both pregnant. Yeah, having kids at the same time because it was not in your peripheral no future no by any means no. And me and Kwang had always we knew we were going to we we're trying for a baby, and as you know, we did IVF, and we're so lucky to have um, become successful in that first round. And I remember when you called me to tell me you were pregnant, you were so nervous because you were. Like, I know, like I, I really, I, I was scared. Not scared, but I guess I was just really aware that you are one of the most dear people to me in the world, and that I was about to tell you this. And of course, you being one of the most, like I think, no one that I know truly values friendship like you do. Like you are always the person, you are always happy for other people. You are always the first to extend an olive branch. You're the first person. Love a good olive branch. You love a fucking olive <laughs> Love an olive branch. Um, and I just, yeah, in that moment, like if you had hung up the phone and said. Never. I know, but if you had, I would have been like, okay, like I get it. Um, <laughs> I remember I cried. I was so stoked. But then also like, oh, my God, am I jumping? I remember having that clear moment like, oh, Jesse, stop. You're jumping the gun. Mm. You don't even know if like what Ellie's decided to do yet. Yeah. Um, And here we are. Here we are. A year later. <laughs> I know. I'm rocking my child as we speak. Maybe he'll come. I'm watching mine on the monitor through my phone. <laughs> oh, my God. But honestly, thank God we've done it together because I just don't know what we would have done, what I would have done without this. 
Yeah. I, interestingly, like maybe this is a really interesting thing to talk about, maybe even at least for us, like, because this is something we talk about often is how like our conversations, I remember very early on when we were like, okay, this is our conversations. Now we're talking about our boobs. I'm going, how are your nipples? Um, yeah. You know, what? who's pooping today? Like what's going on? How, uh, how's, <laughs> who's feeding who? Like what's, what's happening? And that's it, right? Yeah. And that's a far cry from what we used to talk about. When we see other people doing our old lives, I guess, or our pre-baby lives, we're like, oh, remember oh. when we used to do that? When we see ourselves on Facebook, like on Instagram memories. Oh. And we talk about that all the time. Yeah. And actually something that you and I talk about a lot is that grief. Oh my God, the grief. I'm still grieving. It's like, I think it's it's always when things are exceptionally a little bit challenging as well mm. at home and with the little one, whenever they're just going through a development phase or quote unquote regression. Or getting a I, tooth. Like, or getting a, did you say getting a teeth? Yeah. Getting a tooth? Yeah. Yeah. Tooth or just whenever I'm walking out and about in my life. Yeah all the wake windows, I just see all these young people, young adults, and they're like going for a run and I don't know, going, sitting at a wine bar drinking. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's only a year ago and I miss that so much. But then I also don't. Yeah. Life is great. I know. It's the weirdest feeling. It truly is. Yeah, exactly, Marcus. Yeah, what about that? I oh, know. Okay. Um. And I also, this is a so total jump, but something that I only asked you for the first time, like maybe two months ago, was actually what is your process when you're architecting? Oh, what, I guess with, and it's so funny, the process, when you said process about architecting too, it's funny because it's so ingrained and it's probably so different to your industry and the way you create your dances and choreograph because our industry now has become a little bit more what's the word regulated in that when I had to register you you basically get taught your process and you have to follow it pretty strictly so that I can can call myself an architect which seems ironic as a creative to have to follow such a rigid process that's yeah. defined by a, a body mm. but so bring it um I guess I'm like but we just never talk about work even ever. though we are both so creative I feel <laughs> um like but then I guess we talk about um I'll create, mm, we talk about not our work, but we talk about our creativity creativity in other ways, I think, mm. that aren't work-related, you know, mm. like what knitting project are you doing? Mm. Your podcast. Mm. Where are you eating? What? Like I think that's creative. I'm like, what are you cooking? What yeah, are you what are you cooking? Yeah, so true. What are you eating? Um, now I feel like oh, another creative thing is like how are you playing with Marcus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And look, what toys have you made him? Yeah. Like, and maybe- Ellie has made a shitload of toys and, like, even inspired me to, like, start, like, okay, I have an empty tissue box. What can I fill it with? Oh, good one. Loves a tissue box. Loves a tissue box. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I feel like we're always talking about creative things in our life and not so much about work, our work creativity. Yeah. And I feel like as well <laughs> is, like, if it's, as an example, like, okay, what toys are Marcus playing with? Like, what's he into? I'm always looking, like, at Sen. I'm like, yes, you want to say something? Um, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is she? This is, um, this feels really gendered. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, what has Jessie dressed her in? Because, again, you have such an eye for colour and composition and she's. But we have the exact same outfit for our kids. <laughs> Didn't even know. No. Who would have thought? Didn't know. But I'm always like, oh, my gosh, and, like, you know, that beautiful bookcase that you have for her with the beautiful colours and the arch. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I would never. Um, that's just not something I would ever think about doing. Is that true? No, like, I don't think so. No, like is that weird when, like, I say, oh, my gosh, I've never thought about, like, painting the wall for my kid. <laughs> when I just imagine it's, like, somewhat second naturely, like, this is the first thing we're doing. This is so true. Like such different priorities. Such different priorities. I'm like, yeah, like Marcus, like roll around on the floor. This is what we're doing. We're doing this. We're getting active today. Whereas you're like, okay, what sen? Like, what is the visual thing that's happening here? And like, what environment will she grow up? Correct. In? Like, yeah, the priority is so different. Like, Marcus has this little table, and it looks against like a dark grey wall. <laughs> <laughs> but then watch Marcus be so much more physically adept, I feel, because, like, of your relationship with um, your body and the ground. I feel like you have such a strong relationship with the ground. I was telling Kwong the other day about how you have, like, you don't have a fear about hard surfaces because your whole adult life, like, childhood and adult life relationship is with the floor, yeah. essentially. Yeah, quite. You're you're totally right. Um which is crazy. Someone said today, this morning. Yes, buddy. Someone said to me this morning, oh, he's pretty active. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are children not this active? (laughs) (laughs) And yesterday he went down a slide at the park. Like I sat him and he's never really, it was kind of like a little bit of a proper slide, like not like a small kid slide. Um, Yeah, like it was quite like a couple of metres high on a bit of an angle, like shiny silver slide. And I put him up the top and I was like, oh, look, let's just see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) See, not many people are doing that with their sub one-year-old. But he slid and fully like landed and hit his head. And I just went over to him and he's just like cracking up, laughing. (laughs) And then um, someone came up to me in the park and was like, oh, you're so brave. Like I was not taking my baby to the playground when they were this young. And I was Ellie, like. I feel like so, this is, people have told you, told you this multiple times in the park too. Like it's not the first time you've heard <laughs> Yeah, when as soon as he could sit up, I was like, time for the swing, mate. This is about, we're getting interesting. <laughs> like this is where we're at. But yeah, I don't know. Whoops. Anyway. <laughs> Isn't that funny how um, it's so true you're like, your life whatever you do in your life really does influence how you raise your children and whether or not that it is just like inbuilt in them like Marcus came out physical 
in a way inside of him because of like what you do for work and like you know your partner's pretty physical he likes surfs and things like that (laughs) maybe and then you just naturally will embrace it yeah I mean yeah you're you're totally right and that's why I'm like oh my gosh Marcus is like gonna be at your house one day and see a color he's never seen before you know like pink (laughs) (laughs) or something and be like oh my goodness like um, oh wow yeah wow but I don't know. I just also, I know, buddy. Um, and I think this is the nice thing about the podcast where it's like, it is maybe perhaps a little bit more personal where I'm like, oh my gosh, here I am talking to one of my absolute oldest friends about all of this. And it's a moment of me being able to like fangirl over you because I see your work and it's just phenomenal. I'm like, I don't know how this stuff comes out of your brain. Like, I just don't know. I, I mean, I don't even know. I didn't even know that hallways were just the other side of a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I'm learning more about architecture and especially the ways that it can really push boundaries, and these are spaces that people live in. Literally live in. Like spend all of their time and their days. Um, that You know, stories are built in these homes that you build. What? Yeah. That is phenomenal. It is pretty crazy. It's just such a shame that not people these days don't, majority of people will mm. not engage in architect and design their home, which mm. is so sad, you know, and everyone just gets fed this, I don't know, this dream from project home builders off the plan that they, they need four bedrooms, two bathrooms, two living areas, games room and it's just like it is yeah it's crazy that like yeah people don't then think oh maybe we should get an architect to design a space that suits our family because not all families function the same or do the same things or they live day-to-day their lives very differently so the house I designed for myself would not be the house I designed for you Mm. and yeah, it's so sad that in today's society, it's just not something that's really valued that much, really. Mm. If our roles were reversed, right, and I'm here I am talking about motherhood more so, uh, if you were the one five months ahead, ooh. what would she tell me? Oh, my, so wait. So you're saying Marcus is actually now three months? So, yeah, say uh, my baby was Sen's age and you had the baby Marcus's age. Oh, my God. I don't even know. What do you even tell me? (laughs) I don't don't, don't know. (laughs) I just feel like we're always. That's the good thing about our friendship is that there's never. It's just an understanding, mm. you know, that it's like, I get it. I hear you. I see you. It will get better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'll give you some light suggestions, but nothing crazy. And you just do you. Mm. You'll figure it out. You got this. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And even, I mean, maybe I'm trying to like, draw two things together that aren't but also in that same way that everyone's home is different like what you're saying 
Like every family's needs are so different or their wants or their practicalities. Um, Like you have some, you, you, your husband is away two weeks at a time, every two weeks. Yeah. Which is a lot. And I think even the other day when we were talking about, you know, returning to work for you, that the rough sleep patch, and if you're already doing this for two weeks at a time, solo, mm. that that's not so appealing <laughs> going back no. to work. And like you said, you love working. You love your job. You absolutely love going to the office, going to site inspections even now. And you and I often talk about that like kind of yielding again another word I'd never really used before in my life until I had a child um that we have to do in our identities like so true yeah and I think like when you when you put it that way and when you were like oh like what advice would you give me um if you had the older child and I think it was similar in like what I was trying to say is that in our relationship, I think we both understand that we both have very different lives. So there is just that like super mutual respect of like we'll give each other advice but totally understand that you're going to take what you need to take and leave mm. at the door what you need to leave. Mm. Um, and that, yeah, everyone's experience in this, as much as it is the same, it is also just so different. Mm. Completely different. And and I think the reason why we're so lucky and that we've had each other through this experience too is that because we're both quite similar in, I think, our careers and what we want to achieve. Um, World domination. And the fact that we do want to go back to work. <laughs> we and we do love our jobs. It's not that we don't. Mm. We're not going back to like a grinding job that we hate. We do essentially both love our jobs because they fulfill us in a certain way. Mm. Um, we're able to like really understand, I think, each other and especially when we're going through those tough patches of motherhooding mm. how different it is to I guess our lives before and where we're going and we still don't really know what that destination is going to look like right now oh my god <laughs> in terms with how like work and mom mothering work and like we're still essentially both really are in the early stages of trying to keep and I don't even think we're like five percent there. No, it's so freaking hard. Yeah, and and then this is the thing that I think I was telling you last time when I was telling you about the, the daycare situation is that before you have a kid, I think you can only look to your other friends that have kids and that are mums and how they've transitioned back to work. Mm. And then it's not until you're in it that you realize, oh shit! And especially in my position, my my situation is entirely different to their situation and what I thought would work because I've seen them do it is not working for me at all and I don't think will work. So now I have to go back to the drawing board and then we have to come up with a new way of doing things because, like you said, every house is different, every family is different, every child is different. It is. And I guess that's why you've come up with this whole podcast because it's, really about sharing all these nuances and experiences and that no one 
it isn't all just like one of a kind and just because your friend went back to work at 10 months or 12 months and could do three days a week doesn't mean that I can or you can or mm. anything. So, oh, it is just a bloody experience. And that's why we have a beautiful media form like this to share it all, I guess. Yeah. I'm even just thinking as you're talking about actually the things that we talk about work now are how much we miss it or yeah. how hard it is. <laughs> how much we miss it, how hard it is to try and do 10% of it. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> we're not even really, I guess you, you have actually gone and worked and done like a job where you've gone and had to go in and execute your job whereas I feel like me at the moment my work the bits that I've managed to do and like I guess on a contractual basis is like 10% of what I would usually do and I'm kind of struggling with that as well that's a bit it's hard to go back but also do it at a very reduced capacity oh my god very reduced is generous I feel <laughs> <laughs> Like 10% of what I, if that, maybe 5% of what I would usually do. Or what you'd like to be doing. Oh, my gosh. But then you just don't have even that amount in you to give. Because you're giving 100% to this small child. Yeah. And even when you're talking about, like, going back to the drawing board for, like, things like, okay, this was our daycare plan. It's also hard when you're going back to the drawing board for everything. Yeah, about fun. And even as you were saying that, I was just thinking, you want to go back to work and give it at least 20%. You know, in your ideal world, it'd be good to just do anything. And then you only have zero in your reserve because 100% that goes to to the baby. And in those like beautiful couple of months or couple of weeks or couple of days where your baby is being amazingly good and giving you long stretches at night and you have a little bit extra in your reserve, that just gets sucked away by like day-to-day life. And then you think about work is not even – it's like in that top – what am I trying to say? There's work and then I feel like for you and me as well, we always talk about even just like exercise. Yeah. Like trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like I can barely get in going to the gym once or twice a week, let alone using my brain to execute work on top of that. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's relatable. <laughs> like what? Yeah. For literally three months, every time me and Ellie talk, it's like, how are you going with going to the gym? It hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah. I've had lots of thoughts and plans about how I would get to the gym. Has it been executed? No, not once has it been executed. And also for like full transparency that I totally feel that you and I were the women that totally thought we could go to the gym and have (laughs) Ellie. (laughs) Yeah. One million percent in my head. I was like, I'll be back after I get that six week clearance. I'll be back. I'll be like the other mums that I've seen at my gym where they bring their baby and the baby naps in the pram or it's just chilling. (laughs) Furthest thing from the truth. 
the postpartum anxiety that happens where you just overthink everything. And I don't think I really got the anxiety where it's like catastrophizing mm. things. I got more the anxiety of like, um, oh, is it catastrophizing? But no, it was more just like, oh, what if she doesn't nap? What if she's a little bit grisly? What about this? Oh, it's going to take me 20 minutes to get there, 20 minutes to get back, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So it wasn't so much the, oh, my God, we could, you know, have people get those, like, thoughts that, oh, car accidents and the baby could die and blah, blah, blah. It was more like, it. oh, it's very overwhelming, the thought of, like, bringing your baby and X, Y, Z could happen and then I'd have a screaming baby at the gym mm. and then all these thoughts would accumulate and then I just wouldn't go every single time. Yeah, that thing of is it worth it? actually is it worth it yeah this 40 let alone putting a baby in a car and driving there uh, yep again I'm laughing because I relate and how yeah we were definitely those women that was just I was like yeah I'll just work I'll just go to work and you did I remember you did like what Marcus was three months and you were like, I'm just going to go to work and you did it. And then I think it really like took it out of you hard. You're like, okay, maybe we're going to do that for a couple of months. I needed to like sleep on the couch. (laughs) And also speaking of like going to the gym or anything, the total opposite is like we just bulk made so much pasta and because it was easier. I was getting home at like 6.30 on a mm-hmm. good day. And so we just ate pasta every day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it literally I was just I'm just going to go to work. Like how hard can this be? Yeah, pretty hard. But, but you know what? You also don't know. No, you won't know until you do it. You don't know until you do it. But, yeah, I just. So in hindsight, what would you have done differently? Oh, my God. Would you have taken that job, you reckon, or would you have left it for a couple more months? I mean, I'm glad I did work when I did, when he was quite little. It kind of forced us to figure shit out, actually. Yep. Um, That's good. Yeah, like, okay, so how how do we do this? What is a version of what this looks like right now? Um, yeah. And I mean, also even just things like, okay, how do I change you in a public toilet? <laughs> Yeah. You know, all these little things. And also because he was born in May, I hadn't really left the house because it was cold. I had a tiny baby. I just, yeah, it was cold basically. And when you're in like early, early postpartum, that's like enough of an excuse. Um, Just, yeah, going outside in that kind of too hard basket where it just, yeah, forced me to just do something. And I was like, well, I guess if you're going to sleep on me at home, you can just sleep on me at work. At work. Mm. Isn't that funny how, like, it was, like, so much harder in the first three months, but in many instances so much more flexible? Uh Like, when you compare what you just said, like, you know, I just did it and we did it, compared to now where you're trying to do it and it's just, like, obstacles coming up left, right and centre because, like, now Marcus is bigger and he moves and he needs – it's not like he can just nap on you all day because he's a newborn. Yeah. Now he has wake windows and can only sleep a certain amount of day. Otherwise, your nights would be terrible. And 
<laughs> and you have to bring solids and he has to yeah. eat three times a day. Even just like bringing him a drink bottle now, like when going outside. And I know that we're making it seem really hard. Like, you know, it's not hard to bring a drink bottle, but, you know, even when he was two, three months old, I didn't have to pack him a water bottle. Like, nope, just nap him. Just nap him. He just was in the carrier all day. And I think now if I did that, it would just be a shocker. And yeah, it, it's really hard, but you and I were definitely those women. <laughs> we were definitely those women. We were, who we were just going to do it all and have it all and be mums. And you know what? We are doing it all and we do have it all. It's just a lot harder than we thought it was. <laughs> it's a lot harder and all is 5%. yeah it it is and it's so funny because I think I think we both especially before babies were quite balanced people you know like we were we were pretty balanced you know we we worked hard but you had a good social life go out for dinners but you'd also eat at home you know going to the gym three to five times a week there was all this beautiful balanced equilibrium Mm. we I feel like we'd really put ourselves first in terms of like looking after ourselves Mm. and it's just completely been flipped on its head now I think because you're not first anymore there's little offsprings first and then anything that you can scrape together in your spare time gets divvied up into like what you want to do (laughs) but then sometimes all you want to do is sleep (laughs) oh my god or just watch Netflix like just shut your brain off and watch something completely obscene yeah for six hours yeah I feel like and this isn't to be a sad sack I don't know if that's the most correct term (laughs) (laughs) you know we're not being sad sacks but honestly like this is quite a lot of the conversation that you and I have yeah um and because I think we, if we've got so many friends who have babies. We're so close to those friends that have babies, and partly we're like, how have they, how have any of them done that? A, B, how useless were we as friends? So useless, <laughs> terrible. So useless, and you're not even a useless friend. You're like a very involved friend, and still feel somewhat useless. Um, in retrospect, um, but. Yeah, I think like you and I often really talk about that real big shift in our identity that has been the past seven months to 12 months for us. Yeah. One that we haven't really expected. No, and I think you're right. It's not about being sad, sucky. I think it's just, it's been like a big reality check, I think, for us too. Yeah. And I think because we talk about it so intimately, I remember sometimes I've like gone back to other girlfriends who have got kids and like three being like, whenever I saw you, you didn't look the way I feel, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I remember talking to one of them and she was like, oh, I remember that, you know, my little one was doing exactly that. I was so tired. And I was like, you never let on that you were tired every time I saw you in that period. And I just remember being like, you never let on. And she was like, oh, I don't know. It's just like, you know, kept it going and I was like "Mm, that is suffering in silence and you're not doing any of your friends faces (laughs) because in my head I just thought you had it all together and blah 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 blah. and then in reality you were going through it too yeah and I mean I feel like 
I guess even in my journey of whatever this podcast is or will be, I'm like, I'm always trying to be honest. Like right now, I'm standing up, rocking Marcus. He's half drifting off to sleep, half not. I'm like, this is like, I think we are very hush hush about it all. Um, or that we do have Which is, together or like, but then I also think like in today's day and age with the internet, people are definitely becoming more vocal about it. Yeah. And like, you know, definitely people are being more realistic about what it really is like but mm-hmm. it is just that classic thing of like you just don't get it until you're in it yeah you know and your inner is like different you, to to, you told me it was going to be hard I remember you saying it's fucked <laughs> and and it wasn't until she came out that I was like in the first couple of weeks I was like oh my god this is fucked <laughs> this is amazing and rewarding but it is fucked it's hectic yeah <laughs> and we have like healthy babies and partners and you know, extended networks of people and it's still, it's hard. Like there are people, um, yeah, and I actually remember once FaceTiming with you and I was like, we at the beginning of the FaceTime, Marcus was asleep and then he woke up or whatever. And then at the end of the FaceTime, I was like, oh, he's going to go to sleep again. I just, I'm going to put him in his carrier. And at his awake window was maybe like an hour and a half then. Awesome. An hour, yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, and and you were like, oh, my God, it comes around quick, hey? And I was like, you know, it just it comes around quick. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it just comes around all the time. And I, I remember oh, being like in that moment because you were pregnant. But then I remember it's like, oh, an hour, it comes around quick. But then sometimes it was just this like. When is the hour coming? <laughs> where, yeah when can I put this baby back to sleep? Because it's been 20 minutes and we've gone through every single toy twice and I've, like, run out of ideas and I can't sit on this play mat anymore. Yeah, I want to do stuff, whatever that, I want to go to Netflix. <laughs> but then, you know, you said it the other day and I thought about this too, that maybe we find it hard because we resist it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a resistor. I'm not going to pretend. <laughs> well, you know, we... Re- it's taken me a lot as well to get to this point of like really embracing motherhood too, where like I, I definitely love it, but you know there is to this point where you're like resisting it and like look back and like oh I miss that old part of my life and it's like bro get over it it's done <laughs> <laughs> it's gone just being there. Another thing we always tell each other is that it's temporary. Like it's not even going to be like this forever. Just get over it. <laughs> But it's very dismissive of our feeling. Yeah, actually, now I think about it, I'm like, these are how our conversations go. I miss work. Pardon? Our kid's not sleeping. And then one of yeah. us goes, it won't be like this forever. You're doing a good job. <laughs> we talk. It's basically just a different version of that. Like, oh, every I'm tra- day. Yeah, I'm trying to go to work, couldn't. And then the other one will be like, you know what? The time will come. <laughs> Like it's just different. Just need, we could literally create an app of just like mum mantras, you yeah. know, and when something you wanted to do didn't go your way, you just open the app and you pick the scenario and you hit play and it'll be like, don't worry, this is temporary. This is why I mean you're so creative. You like see gaps and you're like, this is how this should be felt. <laughs> I know how what the solution is here, everyone. Like Someone's going to hear this podcast and create the app and I'm going to be livid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mum's support app. Um, I 
feel like I need to ask you the question of the whole podcast. Oh, yeah. Jesse Vu, how are you keeping your creative practice and your <laughs> child alive? Oh, haven't we already just kind of summarized that I feel in everything that we've just discussed? Yeah, we have. It's definitely, you know, our creativity now comes out in different ways to what we're used to you know whether it be your your dancing and my creating of spaces mm-hmm. and now unfo- not unfortunately oh maybe it is un- it's not a good a word because it's not for- we're fortunate to have these babies mm-hmm. but now our creativity comes out in different ways mm-hmm. through them like yeah you're right like oh what are you feeding Marcus at the moment mm-hmm. what recipes are you using oh I haven't made those egg muffins and monster pancakes maybe i'll make them next. yeah kanji for me <laughs> what toys are you creating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay that's a bit fun you know outfit inspiration for them mm-hmm. all those things i guess in a non-professional way in a professional way that is definitely in development mm. because Yes, I've dipped my toes and working the bare minimum of like whatever hours I can strangle together during a week, whether it be three or eight. Mm. And it's definitely not in the way that I would like to be working. And in that way, I don't think it's as fulfilling as I think it would it could be creatively Mm. it is when I'm in the office and I like my first day in the office it was amazing Mm, but even then I wasn't doing anything that I usually would but it was being there Mm. was great Mm. but yeah in terms of like my actual working creative career how is it going how am I keeping it alive barely alive (laughs) Child, very alive, it, career, barely. Child, very alive. Career is like a burning ember at a campfire, like right at the end, you know, we're just like just throwing a little bit of wood on there just to keep it going. And it's still burning. It's just not burning the way it used to. It's not and that's okay because it's temporary is what we've said. <laughs> You're going to get through it. <laughs> it's going to be big again. Yeah, it just... It's not a roaring fire right now. It's not a roaring fire right now because we've got, um, what's it called, when there's those, like, fire warnings and stuff, so I can't be burning this fire right now. Yeah. Yeah, like low, moderate, high. Oh. Low risk of fire. Yeah. Fire ban. Fire ban. fire ban. Near fire ban, you know. But, okay, Let's flip the script on this. If, because you and I are also like goal setters, we love a resolution. Love a goal. We love a goal. We love talking to each other about our goals. When sends five, okay? Mm-hmm. We're at her fifth birthday. Yeah. What would you like work to look like then? Oh. Okay, I'm definitely, hopefully, back three days a week, maybe moving into, like, or thinking about when she's going, when they're both, because, you know, by then maybe we'll have a second, Mm -hmm. thinking about, okay, in the next three or four years when they're both at school full-time, am I looking at going back full-time? Do I know? 
or again, is that just like a a dream of like ideal of, yes, I can go back full time when they're working, but maybe I might want to be at home a couple of days a week mm. and getting the mom admin done. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's, you know how before you were talking about our resistance, like we resist the yield. Like I also think there's uh, maybe I, I shouldn't talk for the both of us, but sometimes I feel like I resist saying but I actually enjoy two minutes of the day of this, 20, <laughs> maybe 20 minutes. You enjoy more of it. Yeah, I do. Like, yeah, he's super yeah. cute and all of the things, like I enjoy a lot of it. I love putting him on the top of the slide and going, well, let's see. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I also feel like I resist going, oh, but how nice. Yeah, that kind of there's so much to enjoy. So much to enjoy as well. I also wonder, actually, I've just thought of this in the last few seconds. Do you feel like you will design homes differently now that you have a young person? Oh, um, you're going to have to ask me that when she's three mm. or four or five because mm-hmm. we have this debate at work all the time that right. we design unchild-friendly houses. Mm. But then Ara, my boss, has always grown up in unfriendly child houses and she's just like, kids just learn. Yeah, Kids just learn to not, you know, put themselves in danger and you, you just teach them to, like, go down the stairs properly and do this properly and blah, 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 blah. And I know this is totally dependent on the type of child you have because I know people are going to listen to this and be like, my child would definitely not be able to do that. Mm. So... And because I personally have not experienced a moving a baby yet. Mm, it's coming. Rain check that question and we will readdress this in season two. <laughs> no, maybe season five, six, seven. Because now I look at corners like the devil. Oh, so hard surfaces, friendly. Corners, <laughs> scary. <laughs> yeah, actually that is where I draw a line, interestingly. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah, here I am sounding like I'm such a reckless but and wheeling up lies harmless totally. two meters in the air fight whatever corners mm, corners no. <laughs> correct I feel very um untrustworthy of corners and <laughs> but uh, yeah I wonder if like in four years time you'll just have such a different perspective or a different understanding or different considerations like maybe you'll walk around your place and go you know what would be better instead of this step a slide (laughs) (laughs) oh actually me and one of the other girls at work who funnily enough like you and me had a baby at the exact same time as me yeah and so now we've also discussed how prior to having kids we used to always be like we used to hate designing bathrooms with barbs Mm -hmm. and showers in them yeah. Unless the bathroom is massive. Like bath showers, we used to be like, oh, gross, blah, blah, blah. Now since having a baby, we're like, ah, yes, we see why parents always want to have a bath in there for their children because it is such a necessity. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, this newborn and, you know, okay, newborn now, it's all great. You buy those baths, you put them in the sink. But like when they're like four, five, six, they love taking baths. Yeah. <laughs> they they love it. <laughs> yeah. And we're back from a segue of Jesse and I talking about baby baths. 
but yeah, it, I, I, I totally wonder if it's just going to change your suggestions or your um, probably, uh, probably, especially for family homes, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, bath. Yes, you need that bath, hundred percent, non-negotiable. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, um, I feel very melancholy. Or something having this conversation, <laughs> and I don't mean from our chat. Yeah, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I'm okay to feel all of the feelings, and I partly love that this will exist. And one day, you and I will listen to it, right? In t- in f- in a year's time, and we'll laugh to it and laugh. We'll be like, remember how we thought it was so hard. Oh my god, we were so precious. Yeah, we were so precious. Remember when? blah 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 we couldn't even remember that didn't know what to feed them um yeah like I'm I am really thankful that even this memory because apparently we all forget right you and I just keep hearing about people that forget this stage yep no (laughs) somewhat people don't really remember at least (laughs) um so I do feel nice though that this will exist and one day I'll say to Marcus, I'll be like, yeah, Arnie, Jesse and I spoke about this, whatever, you know. Right and our resistance. <laughs> our resistance. <laughs> and how, and your mum said that she enjoyed 20 minutes a day of being your mum. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like, uh, yeah, I actually feel like I, I don't say I, how much I love him enough on this. <laughs> And that's, I really don't. I catch myself, like, every time I re-listen to an episode, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it just sounds like. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> and I, I, like, you know, this is the other thing we talk about so much is, like, how much you do love them, like, honestly. Oh, my God. Because as much as we bitch and moan about not having be able to work and our old life and our careers and all the Stuff that we used to love to do. When you messaged me, being like, Sen laughed for the first time today. Like, pardon? I I remember when you messaged me saying, Sen laughed for the first time today. Like, a real laugh. A proper chuckle. Yeah. Like, you know, that stuff or all the videos of her like eating food and just like falling asleep or <laughs> Sen at the beach being like, we want to take Sen to the beach. How do you do it? Like all of that weird, joyous, I don't know, all of that stuff. And like sometimes as well, I think knowing what this experience involves and how much just everything it involves, this kind of breaking open that you have to do in this this internal reflection and thought and everything and as hard as it is I'm like I'm so excited to see my friends experience go through it yeah go Mm. through it which sounds so sadistic and like I don't care about you which is not the truth but I'm like oh my gosh I can't wait to be beside this version of you and love you through this version and can experience like no other oh my gosh but it is that, I think, it is that experience of being completely selfless because I, I think up until this point, like I said before, our lives prior, we were able to just put ourselves first 24-7 and didn't we? all the time. We did. And didn't we, you know? 
We're living our best, most balanced life. Yeah. And then, yeah. boom, here comes a baby and you're like, you're knocked down like 100,000 pegs and this baby is like number one. Yeah. And it's such a relearning of yeah. everything you know about who you are yeah. and what you can persevere through too. Oh, my God. uh, yeah (laughs) and knows what's to come right like and so I I really I know some people listen to this podcast um who don't have children or who want children um and you know they've gotten in contact with me being like oh you know yeah I want to start a family in a few you know it's kind of in the near future and I'm loving it for this and I really hope that this episode is maybe that for them (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is humbling. Boy, is it a humbling experience. That's probably why you feel so melancholy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and Because as much as it, yeah, mm. it's a humbling, it takes so much from you, but it gives you so much. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it really, um, yeah, maybe that is, the takeaway from this that you and I were like we were like city metropolitan girls in a way like we were just like not girls but you know young women career driven Uh all of the things and who thought we could have it all and I I and I also think like these will just be words as well if some like everybody told tells you a version of this before you have a baby yeah and it doesn't really resonate. Like, I don't know. I thought, oh, they just find it hard because whatever. yeah, they didn't figure that out because whatever. No, nobody figures it out, by the way. <laughs> nobody figures it out. No. I think it's always going to be a struggle. Oh it's God. definitely just that learning how to put yourself second and accepting yeah. that, I think, embracing it. Yeah, I guess we are definitely the first people to be like, yep, we are. We used to put ourselves more than first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Front and centre, that was us. <laughs> no one else to that think was about. And now we can't, 100%. we can't walk out the door some days. Yeah. Oh, the freedom. Okay, well, why don't we finish the recording part of this t- telling me, why don't you tell me? The thing you love most about Sen today. Oh, okay. So before you called, (laughs) (laughs) she hasn't, we've been having this ongoing struggle with her pooping. Mm -hmm. This is like going to go delve deep into mom mom chat now. (laughs) She has a slow, the doctor says she has a slow gut and no. Even when she was on just breast milk, took her ages to process. She would only poo every like six to ten days at her worst. Mm-hmm. And then since starting solids, this has just become even more of an issue in that like she'll go four, six, eight days without pooing. And when it does, it's like really hard. So now she's on like lactulose to help her soften her stool. But even then that doesn't work. You have to make her have enough water prunes every day it is just like this full thing mm. and we're getting traction with it she was starting to like poo really regularly nice and soft and then the last week all of a sudden today day four no poo mm. feeding her lunchtime solids and she just started carking it 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, I think you might be trying to poo. And then she's just crying and pushing and straining. And I'm like holding her and she's just pushing. And I was like, oh, my God, poor thing. I felt one poo come out. So I was like, okay, I better go check, take her. Maybe I just need to change her nothing. Maybe that's why she's just getting really upset. Oh, my God. The poor thing. I opened her nappy and she had one little nugget. I don't know if it's going to be TMI, but, again, this is a mum podcast, so <laughs> so not. Yeah. She had one, two in her nappy, and then the other one was literally drowning out of her oh. poor little bum hole. Like, I would say the ratio would be like us giving birth, you know? Like, she's tiny, and this thing is like crowning. Like five times the size of what it should be, and it's hard. It's not soft. So it's like, you know, without even thinking, I grab a wet wipe. I'm just like grabbed the poo and yeah. pulled it out. And she was like, oh, and then, you know, obviously just crying, 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 and then calmed down. Sent the picture of it crowning to Kwong. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, oh, my God, poor Sen. This poor thing just came out of her. And then he called me and we were chatting while I was trying to, like, give her a little bit more solids. Mm. And, like, I just was laughing because I was like, poor thing. Because mm. Kong was like, oh, it's probably because, you know, she's growing. The amount of volume of solids that she's eating has, like, doubled in the last, like, week or two. Mm. And I was like, oh, poor thing. Her little butt can't keep up with the amount of food her mouth wants to ingest. <laughs> <laughs> so fast mouth but slow gut. and so when you say what's the one thing you love about that is like i just love that she wants to eat so much right now but her little bum and digestive system like yeah cannot keep up you know oh my gosh that is so i know it's not sweet Uh, she's probably very uncomfortable but (laughs) (laughs) but i'm like god bless you you just want to eat so much but you just little body just can't handle it right now but to you. I know. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to give you all the flavors to taste. You're going to have a great palate, kid. Like, oh man, mm, that's a nice one. So yeah. Oh my god. There you go. That's a fun little story of what I love the most about her. I know. And this is the other thing, right? Like, how, like we just talk about body fluids. The other eighty-five percent of the time. Oh, body fluids and orifices. What's going in? What's coming out? Honestly, it's pretty true and there it is um yeah Justin and I speak every day mostly kind of around this stuff also to the really mundane things about you know motherhood you know mostly about motherhood and I really (laughs) um you know this might just be an episode that sits differently for everyone that's listened this is what the nature of our conversations are now and how much they've shifted from somebody who I've known since I was 14 to, you know, we are two more decades on top of that and the shift in our conversations and also to this part of our life. And I I couldn't do it without her. And actually, you know, we don't live in the same city, but the kind of instantaneous element of having a friend who's always on the other side of the phone is something I'm so thankful for. And yeah, today we are locking in jumper colors, I think, to make jumpers <laughs> and all kinds of things. And the more I think about it, you know, I'm recording this as Mother's Day is coming up. 
um, as much as, you know, obviously I want to say happy Mother's Day to my mom and stuff, but actually this Mother's Day, I really want to acknowledge my friends who have done this before me and I was completely not helpful to, um, and my friends and that, you know, they're still doing it. And to actually to Jesse, one of my besties, we're doing it. Um, and yeah, I just think this episode will just sit so differently. And I'm, I'm really glad that we recorded this because as much as I think that this is, um, just as much a thing for Marcus to have one day if he wants to listen to it, you know, that he'll know that actually this is what mum and auntie Jesse were really trying to figure out. This is what we were talking about. So as you head to that nightclub with Sen for a great night out, you know, we'll probably be <laughs> chatting and probably still be talking about the same things. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Not just for your time today, but everything always. Please do check out State of Kin's architecture. They create the most phenomenal, truly boundary pushing. They are changing the landscape in Perth and it's just stunning, like absolutely stunning. It's given me a massive new appreciation for the homes that we we make our lives in. This is it. And how lucky am I to say that one of my best friends thinks about this in such a different way to me. Like, subscribe, or give us a rating on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast on. But because motherhood and creative practice are both ultimately collaborative, I'd really love you to share this podcast or this episode with somebody who you think would enjoy it too. See you next time for another episode of Mum in Development.